Hello everyone and welcome to our latest episode of our podcast series In The Know. My name is Jasmina Grabham and I'm an independent financial planner. I'm joined today by Gregor Sked from Royal London and we will be discussing personal insurance protection. Welcome Gregor and thanks for joining us. Thanks Jasmina, it's really good to be here. For those who aren't aware, personal insurance protection is where you take out a specific insurance policy that will protect you from the financial impact of either a sudden loss of income or an unexpected death. Now, I read recently that the protection gap in the UK was actually valued at £2.4 trillion. So essentially, that means that we are collectively as a nation underinsured by £2.4 trillion. Really quite a staggering figure. I also read in another study, um, which I believe was carried out by Legal in General, that stated the average household was only 24 days away from living on the breadline if they lost their main source of income. Again, really quite fascinating and really does show that people are not prepared if the worst or the unexpected was to happen to them. And there are plenty of other studies that show quite a similar outlook. It does seem that generally people are more likely to insure their pet or their personal belongings rather than themselves. And we don't seem to view ourselves as our most important financial asset when really we are. Gregor, why why do you think this is the case? It's a really interesting point to make and as you say quite alarming figures and a real concern there about the the lack of protection throughout the 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 country i think there's a few areas behind this um i I think there's a general poor understanding of why protection's needed and if we look at why protection is needed and, and what it's for it's really there to make sure that if an unexpected life event happens it's a way of making sure there there's money on the table to make sure that you can continue to maintain your standard of living or even maybe be used to, to repay debts like a, like a mortgage. But I think where this big gap is kind of instigated from is people generally don't want to think about bad things happening, do they? Mm. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about death or, or serious illness, maybe even an inability to, to work. And it's probably been quite far down someone's priority list. And I think particularly if a conversation has been framed around things like a new mortgage, which might be quite an exciting time amongst a lot of the, the stress. But something you said there a second ago was, was quite, quite alarming as well. You know, we're more likely to insure our pets than to insure ourselves. But you also think you wouldn't drive a car uninsured, would you? So no. why would you drive your life uninsured? It's a mm-hmm. bit of a cheesy line, but you know, it, if you think very much about how, I guess, how much focus is put on insuring your car, but actually what is more important, your car or, or, or you? And I think some of the other things that we probably get quite a lot of challenges from, particularly what we see in, in from, from my role is, is the cost of protection policies. I think there's a big misconception that insurance is expensive and I guess it's entirely relative. You know, what you're happy to pay for and what you think's priority is, is obviously going to be quite uh, very much relative to your comfort and what you're spending. But generally, the older you get, the cost of an insurance policy will increase. So we would always say the younger you are, the more cost effective the policy is likely to be. But that's not saying that as you get older, it's going to be a completely inexpensive product. That's absolutely not the case. And I do think we need to try and overcome that uh, misconception that insurance is expensive. So I actually, I, I did a little quote um, just to try and get a sense of some of the co- the current costs of, of, of protection. So let's say we've got, um, let's take a, a male, let's call him Mark. He's 28 years old. He's a, a non-smoker and he's employed as an office manager. And let's see, he's, he's got, uh, he's married to, let's call his, his partner, Sarah. She's 27, also a non-smoker and she's a nurse. They've got a mortgage of say £200,000 and they 
they've got that taken out over the next 35 years. So I did a, a very quick quote just to come up with some some costs. And what, what I managed to find, again, it's all very much relative, but looking at a, a standard life cover policy, it will essentially match and replicate the, the mortgage terms with something. If there's a death for either uh, case study here, then that policy would pay out and helpfully repay the mortgage debt. Now, for a life cover policy, that came in about £8.26. I also ran a couple of income protection policy quotes as well. So what essentially they do is, is, is repay somewhere or, or a percentage of the, the, the individual's income if they're off work sick or in, are unable to work through 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 sickness. So again, based on, on a, a few figures, I won't go into too much detail around the figures that we use, but the, the figures that the quote came back on was about £10 for, for Mark and about £15 for, for Sarah. So again, very much relative, but in my opinion, I would say very much cost effective when you look at some of the, the, the expenses that we're seeing for even shopping at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is really quite affordable, isn't it? Especially if you sort of relate it to going into the office and grabbing a coffee twice a week, even that's your eight pounds gone right there. So it, it really is affordable. Definitely. Absolutely. I think the one of the big areas that we've we, we, we do try, I think, to, to overcome is that cost barrier. And there are a lot of things, as you say, that probably should be taken into account you're around what you what trivial spends do you make every mm-hmm. month and you could a little bit of saving on as you say a, a weekly coffee you know we all do love a coffee every week but you know relative to, to what we want to see as important to our life you know would we rather channel just a little bit of saving every month to, to be able to cover off significant debts or be able to provide loved ones with, with some income if the worst happen so i think it is very much relative but i think we do need to overcome that barrier around it's not as expensive as as i think maybe once has been seen and, and sometimes do people sometimes people do tend to, to steer towards yeah exactly and like you say you know the, the younger you are when you do it the cheaper it's going to be because then that that price is fixed in for the whole for the whole term of the policy which could be 25 30 years so it really is can be much more affordable than people people tend to think that's something that really needs to be put across to the public because i think there is this misconception like oh it's too expensive i can't afford it it's not essential when really is that coffee three times a week essential probably not I think the other thing is as well is there's another misconception that sort of insurers never pay out and that again due to the bad press lack of education um I'm not sure from your experience Gregor whether you've whether you've got any sort of statistics from Royal London's point of view of what sort of percentage of claims you guys paid out sort of last year or anything yeah absolutely it, claims statistics are very much an annual event for for most insurance companies and when you look at what we're here to do, we, we are ultimately in the business to pay out claims. And that's the crux of, of insurance. You know, that's why what we're, what we're here for. And as you said, there has, I think, historically been a bit of negative press around uh, various different parts of the industry having that, I guess, that downfall of, oh, they'll never pay out that objection, which, you know, I, I do hear quite a lot from, from, from advisors and clients that it will never pay out. It will never, I'll never get of what we're paying into. But as I said, there's a lot of providers out there and, and it is definitely worth looking through those annual claims reports just to get a sense of I suppose not just the scale of what is being paid out in terms of claims fears but also some of the reasons why claims are paid out can be a really powerful way to see I guess the benefits of having protection in the first place so Again, taking a wee look at the, the Royal London claims report from, from 2021. So last year, we paid out £632 million in claims, which again is it's a staggering amount of money. But behind that figure, behind that monetary amount, there are people 
there are individuals, there's lives, there's there's life events, and there are really emotive reasons for claim behind that. But when we, if we drill down into that a little bit further, so we paid out £146.6 million for life cover claims, and that was around about just over 1,800 claims were made last year. From a critical illness cover perspective, we paid out £136 million. And as I say, it's quite interesting to have a look at why these claims are actually made. Now, the top five reasons last year that we saw claims being made on critical illness cover were firstly for cancer, Secondly, was heart attack. Thirdly, and quite um, quite an emotive one, is children's critical illness cover. And I think something that we don't always think about is actually what if the worst happened to you know the, the younger generation, the net, or children. And it is really quite an emotive thing to see the amount yeah. of claims that happen on on children's cover. And, We've also seen some top claims for, for strokes and, and MS as well. So a very broad spectrum, but generally across the industry, you tend to see those are some of the most common reasons for, for claims. Again, we also can't ignore income protection. We paid about £4.1 million in income protection claims. Average claimant on an income protection policy with Royal London last year was just 38. So again, in the prime of their mm-hmm. life, probably working you know, very, very hard and having to take an extended amount of time off work. Second, some of the reasons that people make claims on income protection you know, some of them do mirror your life cover, your critical illness cover reasons, or critical illness cover reasons, more likely, um, but some not so much. So for things like muscular and skeletal conditions, mental illness, so reasons that you wouldn't normally be able to make a claim on a critical illness cover, people are making claims for on, on income protection policies. And I would just say one final thing that we, we, we saw last year in terms of claims, you know, on the back of the, the pandemic, we can't ignore the pandemic and it has had a huge impact throughout our industry industry in every industry. We actually paid out £24.9 million um, from the total claims figure for COVID-related claims. So again, we are seeing quite a lot of, of, of claims spurred on from on the back of the pandemic. So again, a very, very pertinent time to be thinking about. I think the pandemic in general has, has really brought I think, mortality, morbidity to, to the front of people's minds a lot more. And I think we're, we're probably going to be seeing a lot more uh, conversations around protection happen on, on the back of the, the pandemic. That's that's really interesting, actually, that it's not just, you know, the sort of serious illnesses like like cancer and, and a stroke. You know, these things are events people just tend to think, oh, won't happen to me. And it's easy to think that. But, you know, muscular injury has something to do with your back or mental illness can affect anybody. And to know that you can cover yourself against something like that is quite reassuring. And I do think people generally don't know that. And that's why there is a sort of lack of cover in place. And the point you make about COVID as well is is also really re- reassuring to know that you can protect yourself against the effects of, of long COVID or long-term COVID or the impact that COVID has had on so many of us. One bonus of it is maybe it has got people thinking about protection a little bit more and what they can do in case in case something like that does happen to them. Another reason I think why there is a sort of lack of protection in the UK is just people seem to think maybe the government would, will look after them uh, if something happened to them. I mean, even if you pass all of their stringent means tests, the maximum benefit you're likely to get is around £120 a week, which is a lot lower than the average salary in the UK. So if you're already accustomed to your lifestyle, you may not be able to alter that to a much lower income, especially if you've got rent, mortgage, bills, children, etc. So again, lack of education there for people not really, really understanding the impact that a loss of income could have on on their home. 
And then lastly, again, I think is people just just think they just don't need it. They just think it's not going to happen to me. And maybe they don't have children, so they don't see it as important. But whether you have dependents or not, you still you still need to look after yourself. You still need to think about how how are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to have a roof over your head and afford to feed yourself, essentially, if if you lost your income? Going back to what we said earlier, people are more likely to insure their pets or personal belongings. A lot of my friends have probably got mobile phone insurance because they don't want anything to happen to their phone, but they haven't got any sort of income protection for themselves in case they couldn't work anymore. You know, I, I understand. I completely understand. There's there's so much bad press out there. You know, it's headline and insurers never pay out. People don't see it as essential. So there's, you know, life is, is busy and people spend money on day-to-day things and don't really have the time to think and reflect on what the impact of these events could happen and as you say it's it's a negative thing and people don't like to dwell on negatives and always have a sort of positive in, uh, outlook on life that these things will never happen but it is it's so important just taking the time to take out a policy the earlier the better the cheaper it will be and then it's just having that peace of mind so that if anything did happen there is not going to be as much financial stress so you can focus on your recovery you can focus on looking after your family or whatever that is that you need to focus on without having the financial stress and hardship that can cut that comes with it. Gregor, I don't know if you've got any sort of examples for any customers that Royal London have helped um, and what impact that has made to their lives. Yeah, so there's probably, I think on the back of our claims report from last year, we, we, we did a little bit of research. I mean, we've had a lot of claims last year. There was a couple of, of individuals that I've, I've, I've seen a bit more on a personal side. And the first was, again, both were all London customers. The first was a, a gentleman called Derek, and he actually himself was an ex-financial advisor. He he now runs his own communications business. And at the end of 2020, he was diagnosed with, with prostate cancer. And it was a big shock for Derek. I've met Derek a couple of times and following the diagnosis, he, he very openly admitted it was a real life-changing event for him. And he actually had a, a whole of life policy with Royal London and there was a critical illness cover element within there. And what he said again in his in his own words from the payout that he got from that is that it allowed him to think more calmly about life and i think that's mm. quite i quite like that and you mentioned a second ago just me about protections there for peace of mind and i think that is that's one of the the beautiful elements of it is it does let you get that reassurance that peace of mind that if something unexpected happens that you can continue to some degree to maintain the standard of living that, that, that you and your family are, are used to and Again, for Derek, and again, in his words, it brought him comfort in in the regard that allowed him to think more calmly about life. And he's been able to use that 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 money to take take a lot of the pressure off at a time yeah. when you know, when you're diagnosed with a, something like prostate cancer or any cancer, or, or when you've gone through any type of, of critical illness diagnosis. You know, it, it's a huge. Uh, mental and physical strain on what you don't want to be worrying about on top of that is this financial burden that you might not be able to continue to repay your mortgage repay your debts or or even just afford the the weekly shopping and that for for Derek I know has been a huge area that's allowed him to really focus on his recovery and again I know that he's doing he's doing really well from from conversations I've I've had with him in 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 the past that's amazing and it's 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 quite nice that you're quite close to him to to find out the impact. And as you say, it's when you're going through a hard time like that, you need to be a hundred percent focused on on your recovery and getting yourself to feel better and focusing on what's important in life and going out and doing the things that you can enjoy, not be worrying and stressing about money. It's obviously a hard time already and 
financial stress can only add to that and have further impacts to your mental health. So it's really about peace of mind. We obviously never want any of these things to ever happen, but sadly in life, sometimes they do. And just knowing that you've got some sort of cover there available to help with that financial pressure would really go a long way. So I know we've sort of covered off a couple of the policies that are available, so life insurance and income protection, but are there any other policies that are available to people? I mean, the way I look at it is I tend to break personal protection down in, into three parts. And we've already looked at income protection and, and life cover. But again, just f- for recapping, I guess, income protection, you know, if you are working, you rent your own home, it, it's more than likely that your earnings will go towards paying for some of those has- essential household bills, you know, rent, gas, electricity, mortgage repayments. And and maybe some of the, the, the earnings that you've got every every week, every month will go towards some more exciting things like saving for a holiday, clothes, or, or, or even just buying the weekly shop. But actually, what would happen if you became too sick or injured and you weren't able to work? You know, all those bills still need to be paid, you still need to live. Of course, some employers have got some fantastic financial support, generally for a bit of a shorter time. Others might not have any form of employer support, and there may then be that sense of relying on, on government support, as you mentioned earlier. So I guess with income protection really is about paying a, a specific percentage of your salary, and if it, that generally comes out if you're unable to work uh, because of a long-term illness or, or injury, and that money could be used to pay bills, debts, and really, again, as we said earlier, about allowing you to have that peace of mind to focus on getting better. What you'll often see with income protection is you generally need to wait for something called a deferred period to come to an end before that payment comes out. And often deferred periods are usually matched up to start paying out when any sick sick pay from your employer comes to an end. We mentioned life cover as well. So life insurance is probably one of the more common types of financial protection, pays out a lump sum of money if if you were to pass away. I know what a lot of people are probably thinking, but I wouldn't be able to spend it, I hear you say. Well, yes, that's probably quite true. Life insurance is definitely more about post-life protection, and it's actually about providing financial protection to loved ones. So if you're married or if you're in a civil partnership, you've got family of your own, you know, that lump sum of money could provide loved ones with, with financial support at a really emotional time. It could help repay the mortgage, maybe even go to help paying off a funeral. You know, without it, paying off a mortgage, supporting loved ones, or, or even paying for a funeral could become really, really challenging. And I mentioned there about that lump sum. So it's really common for life insurance policies to pay out a lump sum of money on death. But there is another way that that life insurance policy can pay out. And this is done through something called a family income benefit policy. So it's, it is essentially a life insurance product. It's a life insurance policy. But rather than paying out a lump sum, what family income benefit does is pays out a regular monthly income from when a claim is made right up until the end of the life of the policy. And generally, these policies are not just a great way to replace, I guess, income on death, but they're a very, very cost effective way of providing protection as well. And I, I love the phrase that we, we've often used at Roland, which is kids can't bricks. It's a bit of an interesting way of putting family income benefit across. But if we think about we're protecting the mortgage, we're protecting the house, we're giving ourselves uh, the, uh, the ability to repair a mortgage if we pass away or provide a lump sum of money. But what about the lifestyle costs? You know, what about the, the cost of shopping, the cost of, of, of bills? The likes of a family income benefit policy can be a really powerful way of, of replacing that lost income. And we mentioned as well about critical illness cover. You know, It is impossible to predict the future. We never know what's around the corner. And that goes for our health uh, very much in, in focus with this particular type of pro, um, insurance policy. 
So critical illness does have a really important role to play. So if you're diagnosed with, with maybe you know, with one of a number of specific critical illnesses, such as heart distract or stroke, what critical illness does is it pays out a lump sum of money and it can help with maybe medical treatments, maybe making amendments to the home to be able to, 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 to live a bit more comfortably. But the other thing I, I very briefly mentioned earlier, is one of the most common reasons for a critical illness claim at Royal London last year was for children's critical illness claims. And it's a really emotive topic. But it's a really under-discussed protection product as well. But when we think about it being one of the, the top reasons for a claim, the question is asked is, you know, why, why don't more people think about children's critical illness cover? And generally, it's because it's a very difficult thing to think about. Nobody mm. wants to think about you know, the worst happening to, to their children. And actually, the average age of a child at claim at Royal London last year was just seven years old. And it is, wow. when you see, when you hear that, it's just, you think they're at an age where they're wanting to explore the world and you know, really starting to get confident, but actually, if they're going through a difficult time, a very difficult time, it's going to be a real strain on, on, on their childhood, but also the family as well. You know, the family will be going through a huge emotional time. Also, a, fa- a financial strain is probably going to be put on the family as well. So, you know, that financial support that can be paid out through a children's critical illness policy can help parents meet extra costs, maybe for unpaid time off work, travel to hospital, childcare for, for other children. I think it's a real big area for, for, for discussion um, if clients do have children or are thinking about starting a family because there are children's cover that can actually pay out before a child is even born if there's pregnancy complications that the, the parents experience. There are two other areas of protection I think it's probably worth mentioning and protection does expand into very vast areas but there's another area called business protection. I'm not going to go into it in too much detail but if you are a business owner then the risk of being off sick, maybe dying prematurely or being diagnosed with a serious illness, it doesn't go away. That risk is still there. But now there's a business to consider. So business protection plans generally come in the same shape as personal protection, but they're generally intended to help business continue to trade, continue to operate, to repay debts, keep business in the hands of the people that built it if the worst happened. The third part of protection is not really a protection policy, but it's something that is very powerful and it generally comes as standard with most protection policies these days and this is access to a huge array of support services now there's often again it depends on where you're looking but there's generally no cost for access to some of these services and they do differ between different protection and insurers but they can give access to virtual gps mental well-being mental health services second medical opinions treatments that aren't generally available to you know on, on the nhs just just to name a few things so it is really worthwhile looking if you do have a protection policy as to what some of the other benefits that you have access to because even if you don't need to make a claim on a protection policy but there's maybe a need for accessing various different support services it w- might be worth considering is there a way i can access those services through my protection policy and actually does that open up a whole other area of health and and mental well-being support as well. So I'd say it's definitely worth, if you do have protection policies, looking at some of those added support services. Brilliant. Yeah. And just leading on from your last point there, that there are other services you can sort of access, like mental well-being services and things like that, that are available to customers of existing policies. So I do urge anyone who's got cover to look into that. Um, and also anyone that's considering taking out cover, um, consulting with a financial planner can find that out for you and maybe get you the best policy that has access to additional services that you may not get elsewhere. And not only that, we can we have access to the whole market so we can find the best plans for you with, at the best price tailored to, to your needs, really. 
This is really interesting stuff and it really does highlight the impact that having a suitable insurance policy can have on the home, on your family and yourself. Gregor, is there anything else you'd like to add today? I would just say, you know, we, we, we've spoke a lot about the benefits of, of financial protection. I, I think the, the benefit that you also mentioned a little bit earlier on, Jasmine, was about using a, a financial planner to help with, with this. And there is very little in terms of additional benefits that a financial planner can offer you that doesn't just scream amazement, amazing stuff. And I am a huge advocate for financial planners because they allow so much more discussion to be had around the need for protection and really creating this bespoke, this personalised mm-hmm. plan that is suitable to to, to your needs. And, and, and if things change over time, that financial planner is a great way of being able to help make sure that that protection policy changes as your your situation changes down the line. So I'd say make sure you're making the most of that financial planner for these discussions there. First point of contact to go to. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. You know, as as life goes on, our needs change. Cover may need to go up. It may need to go down. You may need a different policy altogether. And you very nicely outlined all the different policies that are available. You may not know which one's the best one for yourself. You may not know what level of cover you need to select. And having a financial planner there can can explain all of that for you and can really make a big difference into how that can can help you moving forward. So thank you very much for your time today, Gregor. It's really appreciated. I hope everybody has found this podcast insightful and useful and stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you very much, Gregor. Thanks, Jasmina.